I'm Danette Lowe, founder of True North Wealth Management and your host. Welcome to a fresh episode of Ready to Retire. If you're starting to think about retirement, wondering if you've saved enough and want to learn more about how everything fits together, you're in the right place. On this show, I'll tackle complicated financial topics and break them down into easy to understand concepts. If you're ready to live an amazing life filled with family, friends, travel, and interesting experiences, you're in the right place. Are you ready to retire? Let's go. Hello, Danette here. In today's episode, we're going to explore something that, in my opinion, is the one key lesson to learn for an epic retirement. If you can do this one simple thing, you have it made. This single skill, which when you hear it seems simple, and yet for many can be very difficult, if not impossible to achieve. What is the secret to success? The key lesson The key magic ingredient is simply to spend less money than you have coming in. Let me repeat that. The key ingredient, the key lesson is to spend less than you have coming in. This one factor is, based on my experience, the single most important predictor of success in retirement. Let's begin with why is it so hard? Why is it so hard to spend less than what we make? Over the years, I've seen a lot of situations where the person spent more money than their portfolio could support. Their outflow was greater than their inflow, and eventually they ran out of money. I don't want that to happen to you. I want you to be super successful and confident and enjoy a truly epic retirement. So with that in mind, today, I want to bring up some common themes of where people go wrong, where they're tempted to spend too much. I want to bring this up so that you can have awareness around these issues. If you see them happening in your own life, then you can maybe prevent them from causing you to go down a path that you don't want to go down. I'm going to also talk about some solutions for each type of overspending that I see happening. Some solutions that are easy and available to you at any point of your financial journey. When a person begins spending more than their portfolio can support, that can cause people to get in trouble. Today, I'm going to talk about three types of spending that have the potential to wreck a budget. The three types of overspending I see are spending on your children, spending on your home, and spending on a category called travel, vacation, toys, 
you know, large discretionary purchases. And we're also going to touch briefly at the end on the problem of spending money before you receive it. Let's start by talking about how easy it can be to overspend on your children. I want to share a story with you about an elderly woman client I had many years ago. She has since passed away a long time ago. I really think this story is important to illustrate what a challenge some of the issues can be. This woman was new to me as a client. We had only met a couple of times before. Her husband had recently passed away, and when he did, she sold their business, and she received a substantial lump sum of money. So I was meeting with her in her beautiful home in Lake Tahoe, and while I was there, the phone rang, and it was her grandson. And she says, it's my grandson. Do you mind if I take the call? And of course, I didn't mind. And she answers the phone. She's kind of excited that her grandson's calling. And within a few minutes, it became terribly uncomfortable for both of us. Her grandson, grandson, mind you, her grandson began screaming at her. He was yelling at her to stop giving away his money. He sounded like he was drunk. And he was repeating over and over again that she shouldn't give her daughter, his mother, any more money because every time she gave money to his money, that would be less for him. And he said it multiple times, which I could hear, you're giving away my money. Now, honestly, to this day, that was one of, if not the most difficult conversations I've ever heard. She got off the phone and both of us sat there, shaking our heads, tears streaming down my cheeks. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't heard it with my own ears. And it was true. She was giving a substantial amount of money to her daughter. Her daughter offered to help her when her husband passed away and help her with the legal issues, help her with the financial issues. And the client was grieving for the loss of her husband. And she was appreciative of the daughter. And the daughter said, you know, mom, I quit work and and I'm helping you. You need to pay me $5,000 a month. And she did. And it continued. As we talked and as this woman told me the story, she said, I did. I cut her off at one point and she stopped speaking to me. So there was a point in this woman's life where she realized that she was giving the daughter too much, that she was giving the daughter more than the portfolio could support. And she told her she had to stop. And the daughter says, well, then that must mean you don't love me and I'm not going to speak to you. And in this story, what happened was after a period of time, they did reconcile and the mom, my client, started 
giving her daughter more money again. And she said at one point, she said, I would rather have this relationship with my daughter and no money than to have money and no relationship with my daughter. This type of leverage, guilt tripping, emotional blackmail can be really common. Our kids know how to push our buttons. And that's what makes this such a fine line. It's okay to give to your children. It's okay to support your children and to bail them out and to help them out. But do it within an amount that is not going to put you in danger. That's going to be within your budget. That's going to be within your wherewithal. So we've talked a couple of times in this episode about how much can a portfolio support? So what I mean by that is how much can you withdraw from your investment accounts to generate a stream of income? So when you retire and you have all of your savings that you've accumulated, you have 401ks, IRAs, maybe a lump sum from a pension, maybe brokerage accounts. So you have accumulated a certain lump sum amount of money. And let's make a quick example. Let's say you have a million dollars saved from all your different sources. This is the money that you have invested. And depending on your age, a general rule of thumb is to set a withdrawal rate at 5% or less per year. If you're younger, if you retire early, then you want to go with a lower withdrawal rate, like 4% or 3.5%. If you're much older, you could go with a little bit of the higher end of the withdrawal rate. To illustrate this, let's say you've met with your financial advisor and together you've determined that your starting withdrawal rate is 4%. If you withdraw 4% of $1 million, that equals $40,000 per year. And so what we say or what I've been saying is your portfolio can support spending of $40,000 per year. What happens then when the stock market goes down like it has done recently? Well, let's say you started at a 4% withdrawal rate and you have $1 million invested. And so you're taking out $40,000 per year. If the stock market goes down, and the value of the portfolio is now at 900,000, you have a couple of options. You can take less, right? You can say, I'll take the same withdrawal rate of 4%, apply that to 900,000, and that will give you 36,000 a year for spending. So before, when the portfolio was worth more, you got more and you were taking 40,000 out. Now the portfolio's a little bit less and worth less, but you're gonna 
apply the same withdrawal rate and you're going to have a lower amount to spend. And it's, you know, not that much lower. So that's one option. You can take a reduction in pay. Or you can simply choose to increase your withdrawal rate to four and a half percent. And that will give you roughly the same amount out per year. The key here is not to take 8% out, not to take 80,000 a year out. That's what we're trying to get at. If you have a million dollars and you're taking out 40,000 per year, that should be able to supply income for a very, very long time in a well-diversified portfolio. Now, pro tip here, when you start withdrawing, you want to have those funds set aside in a cash account, money market account, or something similar. You don't want to have your annual spending invested. When you're in the withdrawal phase of your life, when you've retired and you're now living on the money that you have saved, you want to have that money set aside in cash. I like to recommend something like 10 to 14 months of payments in the cash account. Okay, so getting back to your kids. So your kids need some money and you want to help them out. What are the solutions? What can you do here? A lot of clients, a lot of people I know want to see the kids enjoy some of the wealth that they've created during their lifetimes. They know the kids are going to inherit eventually, and they'd like to do some gifting during their lifetimes. You know, this is a a wonderful way to spend money. And why I think this topic is so uh, such a tipping point, because spending money on your kids is is wonderful. It it gives you pleasure. It's a great part of planning your epic retirement. The key here is to give them amount of money that is well within your budget and part of an overall plan, your overall strategy, and not in response to some unexpected emergency on their part. Create a gifting plan that is an amount that is within your reasonable ability to provide for them. Sit down with your financial advisor and say, hey, I'd like to offer some support to my kids. How much can I reasonably afford to give? And then stick to that number. Make it a system or a strategy. Say every year at Christmas, write them a check. Every year on their birthday, write them a check. Make it planned. Make it scheduled. One of my friends loaned their children money to expand their business. Each year, they write off a portion of the loan as part of their gifting plans. It's okay to give the kids money. Just be careful that you're staying within an amount that is reasonable. This idea about spending less money that you have coming in is so simple in theory. It's like, yes, of course, that makes sense. Of course, that's true. But it can be tricky. 
especially when you're being asked or, like we talked about earlier, pressured by a loved one. Another big ticket item that people have a tendency to under budget for is home repair. Home repair, home maintenance, home improvement. It's similar to supporting our children. I mean, having a home, having shelter, having a roof over our heads is a mandatory expense, right? We need to have shelter. It's when the projects come up regularly enough to exceed the amount of money we budgeted to spend on them. If the actual amount that it costs to maintain your home is double what you have in the budget, then before you dive in and keep spending until you pass that tipping point, until you've spent so much more than the portfolio can support that it can no longer support you, right? Before you get into trouble, here are a couple of ideas to consider. One possibility is simply to increase your budget for home repair and home projects and decrease your budget for something else. That's simple and probably fairly easy to do. If you have a budget of $10,000 a year for home repair and the actual number is closer to $20,000 a year, then you need to cut $10,000 a year from something else. Another possibility is to consider moving to a less expensive state, to a state that has a lower cost of living. States like Nevada don't have a state income tax. That alone can be a huge improvement in your financial situation. Downsizing to a smaller home in your current area is another great option. You can stay in your community, you can stay within your social network, you can have your friends near you. So those are three great options, great of course in my opinion, to help solve that issue of spending money on your home. Because having a home, keeping it maintained is very important. It's something that we have to do. But if your home is constantly costing more than what your portfolio can support, what your income is coming in, then you need to make a change. And it's better to do it before you have to do it. If we stay in a home that is too expensive to maintain, after a certain point, we are going to have to make one of the other decisions. Much better to do it ahead of time and in a way that is planned. Some mom advice here. Now remember, mom advice is the stuff you really want to listen to. Make a budget. Compare your budget to your actual spending. And the key to your success in retirement is spending a little less than what you bring in. And then making adjustments as needed. And if you have a budget, that's your mom advice, have a budget, then you have something to compare it to. Then you can have something to plan for and look back at it and say, oh, this didn't go as planned. This was more than I thought it was. This costs less than I thought it would. 
So then you can make adjustments and do some refining. You're going to be in great shape. And if you're still with me at this point, I am so proud of you. You are trying to learn about this subject. You're tuned in. And I think you've just learned the golden rule for an epic retirement and yay for you. Let's talk about another type of spending that can very, very easily break a budget. And that's what I call travel, toys, boats, RVs, cruises. You know what I'm talking about. These things can get very pricey very quickly. It's really important to talk about these types of major purchases with your financial advisor and really plan for them, really put them in the budget. Everybody's heard of the TV game show called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, right? And what it really should be called is Who Wants to Spend a Million Dollars? Because a million dollars only generates, as we discussed earlier, about forty to $45,000 a year of income. But if you have a million dollars sitting in the bank account, you might look at a major expense and say, yes, I have a million dollars. I'm going to spend 60000 on this RV or something. And we see the larger lump sum amount and forget that it's the potential income stream, which won't be available if we make a huge purchase that is, again, greater than what the portfolio can support. And it's wonderful to make these types of purchases. There's nothing wrong with it. Enjoy your life, live your life, have these big ticket items. I encourage it and I believe in it and I think it's wonderful. I actually have to sit down with a number of my clients and say, hey, you can afford to spend more. Is there anything you want to have, be or do? Let's put some of the money into creating some wonderful experiences for you. When it comes to travel, vacation, hobbies, There are so many ways to stick to your budget. There are so many ways to stretch your dollars that it just takes a little bit of creativity. If you want to travel, for example, want to go to Scotland, right? Go on YouTube and watch videos of people traveling in Scotland. You can find travel-related videos on any destination. Do you want a big boat? Great, wonderful. Maybe rent for a summer instead of buying. Renting is a wonderful option and it's so easily available these days. You really can be clever when it comes to this kind of spending. And it's just one of those categories that can easily get out of control, out of budget if you're not planning for it. The last thing I want to touch on today is a little tricky. It's a little bit off the topic, but I wanted to cover it. It's about spending money prior to receiving it. Let's say your parents are wealthy and they have multiple homes, lots of money, and 
you're an only child. You have a great relationship with the parents. You know the money's coming to you at some point. Be careful about spending the money before you receive it. Be careful of planning on it, counting on it, and all of those things before you actually get it. Your parents are wealthy because they're following the lessons of this episode. They're spending less than what they bring in, and therefore their wealth expands. If you treat your future inheritance like a lottery win, and you think of all the things you're going to buy with the money when you get it, then like maybe you go into debt and start buying things before you get it. And people can get in trouble at that point. The other really vital point to consider is that people are living longer and longer. My friend's mom lived to be 108. You may not receive this money until a very advanced age or some. So just a cautionary tale from some things that I've seen about spending money prior to receiving it. This particular topic that we've covered today is such a great indicator of how people will do in retirement. My goal on this show is to help you plan and enjoy an epic retirement, to help you have, be, and do anything and everything you could possibly want to. Over the years, a lot of my clients have inherited money. The clients who have epic retirements are the ones who deposit the money and convert that into an income stream or deposit the money and don't spend it. They just let it sit there for down the road. For the ones who spend the principal of the inheritance, they tend to be the ones who spend more than the portfolio can support may eventually run out. And if you can stop it early, if you can stop the overspending early, then you can go on, you won't run out. I want this show, Ready to Retire, to help you have an extraordinary retirement. I want to see you enjoy the blessings of all your years of hard work. We're entering into a new age with incredible advances being made in technology, in the medical field. We're living longer than our parents did, and we are living in an increasingly complex world. I deeply want to help people navigate the complicated world of financial planning and behavioral finance, like we tackled on today's episode. Our team has put together a wonderful resource for you. It's a free workbook. It's called The Three Steps to Planning an Epic Retirement. It's available as a download, again, for free on our website. We'll put a link in the description below. Please download your free copy and use that to help you get started. Please feel free to share it with your financial advisor. It has been an absolute pleasure to bring this episode to you today. Sending you light and love, and I'll see you in the next episode. 
Thank you for tuning in to Ready to Retire. I'm your host and certified financial planning professional, Danette Lowe. For over 20 years, I've been helping busy professionals beautifully navigate the transition from working full-time and saving their money to confidently retire and live the lifestyle they've worked so hard to create. For more action items and help as you approach retirement, sign up for our newsletter at truenorthwealth.com. That's T-R-U North Wealth, all one word, dot com. I'll be back next time with more retirement planning fun. Have a wonderful day.